Two big games against Purdue. Two big wins for the Hoosiers. How sweet it is. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Sunday afternoon YouTube live stream, Monday morning podcast for those listening there. I could not wait to record this episode as IU's women's team was putting the final touches on their dominant victory over Purdue on Sunday afternoon. Had to go live after that one. What a weekend it was for the Hoosiers. We're going to talk both the big wins for the IU basketball teams. Before we do that, I didn't even welcome you guys. Welcome in to Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. want to thank FanDuel Sportsbook uh, for bringing you guys this episode. They are the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I honestly don't know which game to start with. Let's start with the men's game because obviously that was the biggest win of the season for the men's team, even though the women's game just happened. And honestly, if it had been a little bit closer, we would have started with that. But that game was a blowout uh, from the third quarter on. So let's talk about that men's game. What a moment. What a day. What a game for the Hoosiers. They come away. With the 79-74 victory, a dominant first half, a, I don't want to say they hung on in the second half, but they made the plays they had to in the second half, absorbed the comeback, and earned the victory. Trace was phenomenal. Jalen Hood-Shafina was terrific down the stretch and in the second half. What I think I liked most about this win is just that it felt like IU was back to what it was at the beginning of the season and doing so even without Xavier Johnson, without Jordan Geronimo as well. That first half, Purdue looked as absolutely rattled as they have all season, and that is one of the very best teams in the country that Indiana had fully on the ropes. Purdue wanted to be literally anywhere else but Assembly Hall. And IU was taking full advantage of that in the first half. And they were running up the score. They looked dominant. I never thought that they were going to run away with the game. And I never thought that Purdue was just going to go away quietly. The run in the second half was impressive by Purdue to make it a game. Uh, But the Hoosiers, the way they uh, made things snowball for Purdue – When the defense is playing as well as it was on Saturday, I've said this a couple times, and it applies to the women's team as well. There's a a really high floor when your defense is playing as as good as those teams are for both the men's and women's team. When you pair a defense playing that well with Trace Jackson Davis being one of the best players in the country or numerous role players in that first half having great showings, Miller Cop, Trey Galloway, Malik Renew played well. Uh, when you pair all that together, Caleb Banks made the big hustle play at the end of the half. Pair it all together, and you get IU looking 
dominant against a team that had lost one game all season coming into the contest, and they had beaten a lot of ranked teams. Now, as somebody asked already, what do you make of the difference in the first half and the second half? Uh, Well, part of it is simply Purdue was going to figure some things out. They kind of went back to the basics and said, Zach Eady, carry us. I can make all the jokes on Twitter and whatnot. Zach Eady is a very good player. He was more than Indiana could handle. They were committed to letting Trace Jackson Davis do his best, and I thought he he did his best. When you're 7'4", and he does have good touch around the rim, you you can't really be stopped. And that was the case in that second half. They could go down to him and you, they could not be stopped. And that's why they got back into the game. Now, Purdue's guards didn't make as many turnovers in that second half. Uh, they weren't throwing the ball around, but I use game plan seemed to be do the best you can against Edie, but make everybody else kind of beat you. And, it worked. I mean, Edie goes for 33 and 18 and they only score 74 points as a team. So that was, I think the right, I mean, it was the right approach. They won the game. That seemed like the right approach going into the game. And I use, or excuse me, Purdue's depth. We mentioned it a bit on the preview show that went up late on Friday for those that might've missed it. There isn't a a lot of depth. Everything Purdue does is predicated on playing through Zach Eady without really any other plan B. And you saw it down the very uh, stretch of the game where Purdue needed threes and they were trading twos because everything had to go through Eady first before they could do anything else. So it's a kind of a for better or for worse thing that Eady was this dominant player, but IU was kind of content doing that. And they made the plays they needed to in the second half. They, Got the uh, stops that they needed, whether it was Race Thompson coming away with the steal late. Uh, they got the baskets that they needed, whether it was Jalen hood Shafino. I thought that was a lost possession at the very end of the game, and he finishes well at the rim, went into Edie's body to make sure he couldn't block the shot, did well to get him under the rim so he couldn't elevate and finished uh, that layup, and then Trey Galloway making some big free throws down the stretch. So while the second half wasn't ideal, I also think there's a lot of positives you can take away from that. IU delivered a big blow in the first half, delivered the haymaker, and the second half was about them finding the response and making the plays that they needed to. Um, That was encouraging in two different fronts and seeing the Hoosiers both be capable of delivering that big blow, going toe to toe with a top team in the country. And then in the second half we've seen before where teams strike back and the Hoosiers at times haven't had a response that Rutgers game is always going to kind of live in the back of the mind. And I use going to get a chance to see him uh, this week, but when Rutgers kind of came at them, IU wanted nothing to do with that. And on Saturday, when Purdue was coming at them, IU was ready for it, and they were making the uh, plays, and that that was encouraging, and I really like that. The 
What did I? The other question, real quick, before we head to break. Uh, Purdue's offense produced almost the same in both halves. I would disagree a little bit on sheer points they might have, but what did you see lacking from IU's offense in the second half? Um, it just felt like overall some of the energy went down, and that impacts a lot of role players and. and I mean, they did a better job in the second half of containing Trace Jackson Davis. I thought there were times where IU needed to get him the ball, and they didn't. But I would I would say that over the course of a 40-minute game, you're not going to dominate the same way for 40 minutes, especially against a team like Purdue. They were going to have some responses. They've been a really good team for a reason. So I didn't expect IU to put up 50 points in both halves. I just, once you go up 50 to 35 at halftime, that's a game you better come away with a win. They did. It was a big win, and this sets them up very nicely now, heading into this kind of home stretch of the schedule. Let's talk some of the specifics. We've alluded to a couple guys. Let's dive into Trace, Jalen, some of the role players that made big plays on the night. Before we do any of that, though, let's talk about our friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn, for any small business owner or hiring manager, they are the place to go. You know that success in 2023 depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's what makes LinkedIn jobs so special, so important to small businesses. It's simple. Head to linkedinjobs.com slash, or excuse me, linkedin.com slash college. You create your hiring, uh, your search for a an employee, job posting. I don't know why that phrase is so hard. Create your job posting, share it to your profile. They have special screening questions to help you filter out, find the right candidates for you. They do it uh, faster. And if you use LinkedIn.com slash college. You do it for free as well. So head on over there today. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Big thanks to you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Make sure you guys check out Locked On College Basketball. It's going to be a lot more fun to listen to that show. If you guys are like me, I didn't... <laughs> When IU was losing a bunch and tumbling out of the, the top 25, I didn't really want to listen to how good other teams were doing. I wanted a little bit of a pity party. IU, you can be certain they're going to talk about that on Monday's episode. So they have everything you need to know about college basketball, big-name experts, insiders, coaches, players, all of that available wherever you guys listen to the podcast at Lockdown College Basketball. Check it out today. Let's talk some, talk some specific players from that win. It's got to start with Trace Jackson Davis. I thought he played really, really well. He was the second best player in this game over the course of 40 minutes. It was a close, very close second. Edie was really, really good in the second half. Physically, Trace just could not match up to him, but that doesn't change that he had 25-7 and five blocks and was phenomenal. And so he was dominant, especially in that first half. He, we talked before, he'd had issues against just physically imposing players in the past, like Kofi Coburn's the one that always comes to mind. He got into foul trouble against Edie last year. So to see him 
25, 7, and 5, and no foul trouble, that was very important. He played 39 minutes in this game. Having him out there was the biggest thing, and that's kind of this this maturation, this growth. Because even last year, the the games against Edie and Coburn back-to-back were so bad that he had to be ch- kind of challenged by Mike Woodson heading into the Big Ten tournament to respond. You don't, There's no challenging Trace Jackson Davis right now. He knows exactly what he needs to do and was dominant against one of the best players in the country. Now, Trace might have been guarding Edie. Edie wasn't really guarding Trace. It was a matchup thing. They were letting Trace kind of do whatever, and uh, it didn't work. Clearly, they they lose because a couple of other guys made some big plays, especially in the second half. Uh, the Jalen Huchifino, 12 of his 16 points in that second half, he was punishing Purdue's uh, pick-and-roll coverage. You saw it a lot. IU was kind of doing a, a dribble handoff in the mid-post where they would come around. It was typically Jalen Hood Shafino come around to the middle of the court, around the free throw line, and Purdue was playing drop coverage. They weren't going to have Edie high up on the ball because he isn't good defensively. He can't move quickly. So Jalen Hood Shafino took advantage of that with all those mid-range jumpers. That's his bread and butter. That was the perfect guy to have out there to punish that type of defense. That's also why they had the ball in his hands at the end of the game. Now he asked for it and that's what you absolutely love to see. I would venture to say that even if he didn't ask for it, Mike Woodson was going to put it in his hands because he has a skill set that you he was kind of specifically designed to punish Purdue's drop coverage. We've seen it throughout the year. Even in that Maryland game, I said he wasn't taking bad shots. He was taking the shots he normally takes. They just didn't fall. So he did it again on Saturday. He took those same shots, and they fell in this one, especially down the stretch to see him, that big layup uh, with about 30 seconds left to put him up five, and then the dunk to seal it. What a what a game for him. What a memorable day for him. There were a number of guys that stepped up as well. Trey Galloway came up with some big plays. I thought he was poised down the stretch. He had the layup where he just – faked the Edie out just by kind of looking one way and then laying the ball up down the stretch. He had the big free throws, his only two free throws. IU was 15 of 18 at the free throw line. Purdue was 10 of 17. That was kind of the surest sign uh, that Purdue was a little bit rattled because that was a good free throw shooting team that was just missing them left and right in the first half. So they looked completely rattled. IU did not down the stretch. And that was a lot of guys who have kind of built those reps. Think about, think back to last year when we had so many struggles during that losing streak about this time last year, because IU could not close games. So many guys were making so many mistakes and compare that to this year where we're winning those close games and we're making those plays, whether it's Trey Galloway, whether it's race Thompson making plays down the stretch, whether it's, uh, Trace, whoever it is. So it was it was great to see that type of growth. I know there's new guys mixed in there as well making plays, but it was great to see that level of growth. Also, as Dylan pointed out in the comments, that uh, lob game 
also works as well because of the drop coverage, because all it took was Trey Galloway hitting a couple of those runners, Jalen hood, Shafino hitting a couple of those pull up mid range uh, baskets. And Edie wants to step out just a little bit more. And that leaves open the pick and roll and the lob to the basket. It's what happened last year in Purdue as well. If you guys remember in Mackey, the number of dunks that uh, Trace had in the second half, because Xavier Johnson was able to punish the the defense similarly. So having a guard and a big that can execute the pick and roll like that is vital against this Purdue team. Trace and Jalen or Trace and Xavier are those guys. So uh, they were great in executing that on Saturday. I should not have went 16 minutes into this game without mentioning the fans who were unbelievable that atmosphere was absolutely incredible i mean i kind of alluded to purdue being rattled they did want to be there all that was because of the fans and because of the energy they brought this iu team feeds off of that so well because they can get up in you defensively force turnovers force misses trace dunks are like they peak the (laughs) the the volume of assembly hall in a way that only Marco Killingsworth and his dunk ever really have. That's a throwback for some of you. So when Trace gets those fast break dunks, those and ones, those alley-oops that we just mentioned, Assembly Hall explodes, and that was the case on Saturday. So hat tip to them, hat tip to the team, the crowd, the coaching staff, everybody involved with that. That was a great program win. Now build off of it. We're going to talk about this in tomorrow's episode. If you look back to last year, the couple of times the Hoosiers had some big wins, or even this year, there's been a bit of a letdown. You have Rutgers. You can kind of, if you wanted to spin it, IU is very aware of what Rutgers can do. They probably want some payback from earlier this year as well. So that that is a very big game. Rutgers has every bit of a shout to be the second best team in the Big Ten as IU does right now. If we're talking double by and seeding in the Big Ten tournament, it's going to matter that game. So it's a it's a big game on I believe Tuesday as well. But celebrate this one a little bit. I know Mike Woodson said celebrate an hour and switch your mindset. We can celebrate a little more than an hour before switching our mindset. The women's team. There was no doubt in that game. They absolutely ran it up. They controlled almost the entire game and then put together one of the best third quarters I've ever seen on Sunday to come away victorious in that one. We'll talk about them, that win, where they stand heading into their own big game this week as well. Here in a minute, before we do that, let's talk about Built Bar, our friends over there. You guys hear me talk about them all the time. If Uh, Weight loss or or getting more fit was one of your New Year's resolutions. Even if it wasn't, you got to try Built Bar. They are healthy, but actually tasty as well. It's a bar that is covered in 100% real chocolate. So it's going to taste like a candy bar, but it also has churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond flavors. Uh, They're healthy for you. 130 calories, four grams of sugar. 17 grams of protein. They are fantastic tasting, and you don't even have to sacrifice anything like you typically do with candy bars. The best part, on top of being able to get any of the flavors at Built, 
You can find them at Walmart and Sam's Club too. Walmart has a four bar box, Sam's Club a 13 bar box. So head on over wherever it is online, Walmart, Sam's Club. Everybody has a Walmart uh, near them. Most people have a Sam's Club near them. Head on over, find Built Bar today, and you can thank me later. This women's game, boy. Hoosiers stormed out early. Purdue, who had a sellout crowd, hat tip to them. Mackey was rocking in this one. Uh, but the Hoosiers looked every bit one of the very best teams in the country in this one and came away with a dominant victory. Like I said, it was a close game early on, and Purdue did well to defend McKenzie Holmes, make things a little bit difficult. They were selling out to um, cut off the paint. The Hoosiers were settling for some three-pointers that there were mixed results on. So the first half, Hoosiers were only up by five points. And then 19-2 in the second quarter, just or excuse me, in the third quarter, come out of the half and just buried Purdue. It was done at that point. Mackey got real quiet. It was a sellout. There was a lot of very quiet people. All of the criticism about rushing the court on Saturday, which was silly. That's why I didn't address it. It is stupid as hell. Let kids have fun. They're all thousands of kids are making lifelong memories rushing the court. If you're sitting at home complaining about it, it's a loser mentality. Also a loser mentality is Purdue rushing for the exits during the middle of the third quarter into the fourth quarter of that game because Indiana just dominated in Mackey and came away with the 69-46 win. There were a lot of people that stepped up, four players in double figures. I have to start with Sydney Parrish because she absolutely embraced being the villain. It was Will Sheehy levels of uh, just being the heel in Mackey Arena. I mentioned before, one of my, I, I think I mentioned on Friday, actually, one of my favorite memories is Sheehy flexing in front of the Purdue crowd. Sydney Parrish was shushing Purdue's student section in that second half as they were running away. They were letting her have it during the game, and she gave it back in the in the second half. She shushed them on a baseline uh, jumper. Handful of possessions later, she hits a three, held that follow-through for quite a while. It was a masterful second half from the Hoosiers. Mackenzie Holmes got going in the second half. She didn't, like we said, they did a good job against her in the first half. She had two points on two shots, 13 points on five of five shooting in the second half for Holmes. She was great. She's never going to force anything. She didn't on uh, Sunday. Still ends up with 15 and five. Parrish had 15 herself. Chloe Moore McNeil was probably the best player for Indiana, specifically in the first half. 13 points, nine rebounds, three assists, five steals in a block. She had a couple of really big shots in the first half. All 13 of her points came in that first half. She was three of eight from three. Uh, they, Like I said, they were daring IU to, to hit shots from the outside. Chloe obliged and made some big plays in that one to keep IU ahead and in control until they really grabbed control in that uh, third quarter. Sarah Scalia had 14 points. She's shown some flashes that she might be breaking out of this slump. It's kind of highs and lows in the last couple of games, but she looked like the old Sarah Scalia uh, on Sunday. She did this 
uh, two weeks, week and a half ago against Illinois as well. So there's signs there that she could be getting back to the player she was at the beginning of the season, last season as well. Grace Berger, stats never really show the impact she has on this team. Six points, five assists, four rebounds. Uh, she was as important as she always is for the Hoosiers. She was a plus 24 in 32 minutes. Only Yarden Garzon was better. So just across the board, the Hoosiers were fantastic on Sunday. Defensively was where they won this game. I mean, you hold a team to two points in the third quarter. That third quarter alone, Purdue was one of 17 from the field. They were they had seven turnovers. It was an absolute clinic for the game. They were 19 of 58. The second half, they were nine of 35. Like IU has this ability, and I tweeted this during that second half. There's a gear that IU can get to what between their defense and the ways they can beat you on offense. There's a gear and a level that they can get to that very few teams in the country can get to. It just so happens Iowa is probably one of those teams, but it's a short list of teams that can do that. There aren't many teams in a rivalry game against a Purdue team that was win- that had won three straight games. They beat Ohio State last week. So this was a Purdue team that was on an upswing coming into a rivalry game in a sold-out arena. How many teams in the country can put together a 19 to 2 third quarter like Indiana did? It's a, a small, small list. So dominant from the Hoosiers sets up the big one uh, on Thursday against Iowa. This is the game that's been circled at the beginning of the season. The Hoosiers lost to Iowa every time they played them last year. That ended up playing a, a pretty big role in costing them the Big Ten regular season title. They lose in the Big Ten title game to Iowa. So this one's been circled for a while. And these two teams, Ohio State was up there for a while, but these two teams have separated themselves atop the conference. And this is going to be the big one. They uh, each have one loss. It will play again, I believe, before. Uh, Thursday, so or Iowa will not. So both teams, I IU is twelve and one. Iowa is eleven and one. Heading into that game on Thursday, Ohio State and Maryland have three losses. So there's a gap between these two and the rest of the conference right now. The Hoosiers are atop it. Like we said before, if the Hoosiers went out, they win the conference. But they're circle. They've had this game circled at home against Iowa get to the game. Like I I was at the Ohio state game and the atmosphere was unbelievable. This is going to be even better. Get to the game, sell that place out. Mackie just did it. There's no reason I, you can't do it. Sell that game out and make this another incredible night, memorable night for the Hoosiers. Cause this is like it did last year going to determine if IU is a, Big Ten champion. These two games against Iowa coming up are going to determine if IU is a Big Ten champion. So they're just as meaningful as ever. They're going to be really big games. It's going to be some of the two of the best players in the conference and the country in Holmes and Caitlin Clark. It has every narrative you want for a good game. Get there. 
show out, support the Hoosiers on Thursday. I'm going to say that all week long. Big thanks to everyone who made us their first listen or who joined us on the live stream today. Appreciate all of you guys. We'll be back tomorrow to talk uh, some more men's basketball as they get ready for that Rutgers game. So another big one for the Hoosiers. Both the men's and women's team are entering very tough stretches of their schedule. So we're we're flying into the home stretch, and we're going to learn a lot about Indiana on both fronts in doing so. For your second listen, check out the brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Isaac Shade, Andy Patton bring you everything you guys need to know, the coaches, the insiders, the athletes, uh, everything you guys could possibly want to know about basketball. It's available on YouTube or wherever you guys get podcasts at. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe, leave a rating and review. That helps us out immensely. Most importantly, though, guys, celebrate Indiana winning against Purdue. Let all of your Purdue fans and friends and family uh, know, remind them repeatedly. As always, though, LEO.